Hey everybody, on this week of Guys Talking Sports, we're going to get into Kyle Kaepernick's workout, um, the fight that went on between Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph. Uh, we even discussed Adrian's 49ers and James Wiseman, do we believe that the NCAA's sanctions were legit or not? All that and a little bit more on this week of Guys Talking Sports. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports, um, and we have a lot to get into this week. Um, definitely have to talk about the fight that occurred after at the end of the Steelers-Bengals game. We're going to talk about Colin Kaepernick and his tryouts, and did he blow his chance, or is all the hubbub and all the farce a little bit too much, um, going against some people that actually agree or disagree with him. And then we're going to talk about Memphis um, player James Wiseman and the handing down of 11 additional games as a part of his suspension based on some monies that he received from Penny Hardaway when he was then just a Memphis alumni and his AAU coach and not uh, an actual official with with Memphis or head coach. Um, so right now we got my boys on the line. We got Ace and Al. How you guys doing tonight? I'm good, baby. I'm good. It's Wednesday. I had to say a little prayer for Camry. Might have to put her out the pasture, but I'm still good, man. Everything's wonderful. Man, I'm I'm doing good. Um, feeling kind of under the weather a little bit, but I'm doing great. Ready to get started because we definitely have a lot to discuss and a lot to get to talk about. Definitely. So let's get right down to it. So one of the hot topics of the weekend in the last couple of days has definitely been Colin Kaepernick's tryout or workout um, for the NFL groups. At the time, about, I believe, 29 teams were scheduled to attend the workout, which is going to be held in the Atlantis um, home stadium. Um, but during the time, there were a lot of conditions or preconditions, however you want to call it, leading up to that. No participant list. Uh, didn't know who was going to be there. Um, there was going to be no cameras, no media, nothing to that effect. And then 30 minutes before, Colin Kaepernick decides he wants to move said workout um, 50 miles north of the uh, Falcons facility, where only, I believe, six or nine teams showed up for that um, workout. Now, from anybody's, um, from anybody's reports, he still had an elite arm. The rear passes looked good, um, but then was wearing a, um, a Kute Kente shirt. And at the end of the workout, he took no questions, but then let off a, um, I guess, comments towards some of the NFL owners. So, Ace out. So, do you believe that this workout and everything that happened after that is going to be his last hurrah for playing in the NFL? Or do you believe that this was actually a big farce, a big dog and pony show as far as the workout is concerned? I want to say a little bit of both. <laughs> I want to say that those teams that were there, the six to nine teams that actually showed up at a new spot, the teams that are actually legitimately interested in Kaepernick. Of those six to nine teams, I have one or two if I actually sit there and say, all right, so we need to go ahead and you know bring this joker in. <clears throat> one of them is your uh New York uh football giants. That were and, that's, <laughs> and that's surprising. <laughs> Along with the Washington Redskins. Not surprising. And some other squads, uh Tampa Bay to name a few. Um, we can't think of everybody, but I truly think I think it was a bunch of BS from the NFL. 
And I think the counter to BS from the NFL, Colin and his his agent pulled a fast one and said, we're going to go ahead and just go over here and see what's really good and see if somebody's actually going to show up. And once they found out that actually six to nine teams actually showed up, it was like, okay, this is really legitimate. And he's going to show what he can do, allowing the media and fans to come through and show support and kind of go from there. Um, personally, I hope Cap and his agent knew exactly what they're getting themselves into. I'm not saying that their T-shirt or whatever Cap said will alienate himself from actually getting the contract. But obviously, from a physical standpoint, he hasn't been hit in almost three years. His arm is still decent. I'm sure he's still got elite speed. It won't hurt for him to come in on somebody's uh, team coming to spring and try out and see if he can make the squad. Whether it'll actually happen or not, I don't know. But I hope his management, his his squad, his agent, everybody knew you know exactly what they were getting themselves into. Because if there was an actual legitimate team that was outside of that six to nine squads that were there, he screwed himself. But I, I I commend Kaepernick for standing up for what he believed in, moving it, and actually seeing if the BS was actual true to what it was. So kudos, and I hope everything kind of works out for him. And you know what's even more scarier? The 49ers was actually one of the teams that was there at the new spot. <laughs> Like, so if you're so concerned or wh- why did you release them in the, you know, if you're trying to get out the, the bad contract, I get it. But why would you show up three years later to see if he still got what he got, knowing that you got what you got currently right now? And I yield my time. Hmm. <clears throat> All this yielding of the time. Um, I... I had so many mixed feelings about it. I don't even know which way to begin. Um, I agree with you, Ace. Um, I think that with all this said and done, how this was handled on both sides was just a fiasco, um, to say the least. And this is just my opinion. And like I said before, I think that um, when it's all said and done, I I, I get the reasoning behind it. Um, I get the reasoning why Colin moved to a different location. Um, but it's kind of difficult when the team that the, the thing that you want to do most, um, and it's if you're really interested in playing football, uh, you would do whatever it takes at this stage to 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 make sure that they understand that you're proving your point. It's more so like you just prove your point so that you can show how good you're still ready to play football but you don't want to be confined to all the rules and regulations the NFL has set, you know. And I'm not even going to go back and forth into this. I just thought that how both sides handle it, it's what they felt as though it's the best way for them to do it. Um, Let's just hope that it works out. If it does work out and he does get picked by a team, then, you know, so be it. If he doesn't, I don't think that he can be too upset. I mean, how because the way how things been played recently, um, he can't be upset if he doesn't get picked by an NFL team. 
um, at this stage. So at this stage, it's just, it is what it is. The NFL is not going to lose money over him not bring, coming back or him not coming back. They're in a prime position of where they are right now. They got top-tier quarterbacks um, who is African-American um, who are in a running for MVP. Um, to be honest, nobody wasn't really talking about Colin Kaepernick even coming back to the NFL this season. So let's just call it as it is. I don't think that they're going to lose any sleep if a team picks them or don't pick them because at the end of the day, they're still making the money, still generating the money, still generating the publicity. Actually, it benefits the NFL with this publicity because at the end of the day, this is what all of the sports media outlets are talking about. They're talking about not just Colin Kaepernick, they're still talking about the NFL, which makes them relevant. So I think that all in all, is I, it really doesn't matter at this stage. And it's all for not if Colin doesn't get picked by an actual team in the NFL. So the show that was put on over the weekend, I get it. But at the end of the day, the real value is whether or not Colin Kaepernick is going to make an NFL team. And quite frankly, with this all being said and done, I'll be very interested to see if an NFL team will take on Colin Kaepernick and all the publicity behind it. If Colin Kaepernick makes it and he shows what it's worth, it's all good. It's just a matter of if there's an actual NFL team that is going to willing to pull the trigger. Sorry about that. I've been on a record on our podcast on several occasions, and I says blatantly and specifically that Colin Kaepernick will never play another down in the NFL again. And I believe that wholeheartedly in this whole farce of a tryout over the weekend just really proved the point. Now, I'm not going to go all into the, you know, the, the, the minutia of everything because I think we've heard over the last couple of days people have debated about it on the different mm-hmm. talk shows. The one point that I've heard that a lot of people said, some older players, um, and even Stephen A. Smith had mentioned that this was a job interview. Now, when I think of this as a job interview, if I think of a regular job interview like me, you would go to, once that person normally looks at a job, looks at a company, you send out your resume. You send out your resume to multiple jobs. So you know about five or six companies that you're sending out your resume to. Set company calls back and says, hey, you know, we're going to, you know, let's have a phone interview. You get a phone interview. Before you even go in, you get a phone interview. They kind of explain what's going on, blah, blah, blah. After the phone interview, you get another call back. So you already know if I got a phone interview from this company and they're going to call me back, I might have to prepare myself for an interview, whether it's going to be in a few days, whether it's going to be in a week. You get that call, hey, Al, you want to bring me in for an interview, let's say it's today. You want to bring me an interview, let's say, first thing Monday morning. And for whatever reason, you say, I want to be there on Monday morning. I just can't be there on Monday morning. I have some extenuating circumstances. Is it possible that I can move this to Tuesday or Wednesday? Normally, the company would say either A, okay, and normally they'll say, okay, we can switch it to Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, Or if they don't, they're saying take it or leave it. Okay, fine. But normally, in our line of work, in the regular business, they'll say, okay, we'll allow you to switch it to a day or two. Now, for Colin Kaepernick's sake, Okay, he sent out his videotape, his resume, weeks ago. So anybody who's ready weeks ago. You get a call on 
Saturday, not even Saturday, maybe a week before the whole process and said that if you have an interview and it's going to be on next Saturday, take it or leave it. Either you take it and you get this job. No, not even get a job. Either you take this interview and this is an opportunity for you for us to consider even thinking about bringing you in or you leave it. And if you leave it, you never come back in the NFL. To me, that doesn't sound like a, a genuine offer for an interview. If you wanted to interview this guy, you could have did it any offseason. You could have did it training camp. You could have did it at the beginning of the season when a couple of quarterbacks went out. People come to mind. Cam Newton, Ben Roethlisberger, a couple of others. Uh, Drew Brees, even though they had Teddy Bridgewater, you still could have been like, hey, Cat, let's bring you in. Let's see what you got. You could have went to the Washington Redskins. Yeah, they got Dwayne Haskins. You still could have brought them in. If you're, there was multiple teams of opportunities at the beginning of the season and, and right at the I mean, training camp beginning of the season. But yet you wait till week 11 where most NFL rosters are already set. No one is going to put you in there to start. You got to take at least, what, three weeks to get yourself acclimated. And that's only on the emphasis that someone decides to say, hey, we're going to offer you a job Sunday if the workout went on Saturday, and you're still not going to play. It's week 11. You might not even get a chance to even be on the field until another week, yell on the offense, but you're not playing. I got all that to say, I, I, say all that, I say all that to say this. So I know how you got a lot of heat for understanding where Stephen A. came from. It was a choice that he had. People are mad at the choice that he decided to do by not doing the workout at Atlanta. He opted a choice, which is all well on his own. Now, I may not agree with how the optics and how he went about it, but it was still his choice. Just like it was the NFL's choice to force these 29 owners, not 32, because some of them decided, said, I ain't going point blank. One of them being Jerry Jones. However, I will have more respect for those owners that says, if I ain't going to go, you can say I got to be there, but I ain't got to go. Those other 29 said, just go look. Let's make it look like we're doing something. If one of you guys decide, but you could have did this at the beginning of the year. You could even did this when you decide to have this whole farce of a, of a press conference between Roger Goodell and Jay-Z sitting up there saying, oh, we're past all that nailing. We want to do more actionable. Whatever, what the fuck ever. But still, in my opinion, I'm about to hop off my soapbox and as Ace said, give up my time back. <laughs> I'm just saying that it was a farce from start to finish. All the preconditions, <clears throat> signing of the contract, the waiver, the adding a little more stuff in there. Don't be mad at the choice that he had. He had a choice to either go or not go. He went but opted to move it. Could he be coming out to want to work out? Yes, but it's it's a choice. Get the F over it. No, I, I, I agree with you. No, no. The I, I, I agree with you. The the point that I made was was that <clears throat> And like you said, I'm gonna bring up the the job, um, the the job interview analogy that you brought up. The only thing that there was, and I'm like I said, I'm not agreeing like wholeheartedly what Stephen A. said. All I said was I understood because what he basically was just saying was the fact that you know, if you're trying to come back into the NFL, you, sometimes you're gonna have to play. I mean, this is what they the the NFL presented you with. 
So if they presented you with like your interview, you can't just call and let them know at the last minute that, hey, I'm moving my interview to this another location instead of meeting at the actual NFL location, we're going to move to the Starbucks across the street. That's where he was coming from. Like if you, if you're presenting an opportunity that just something that you wanted to do, then you have to say, you know what, I have to take the bullet and do what, you know, if I want to do this so much, why not just go to that interview? Why not just do what I show what I can do? Then once I get in, then I could do to talk how I want to, you know, whatever I want to do after the fact. He was just saying about the choice of the uh, him not taking the interview that was presented to him. And that's why I said I understood. That was the only thing I, I, I could say, you know what, I can't be mad if the NFL is giving you this opportunity and, you know, however you want to do it, it's fine. It's, like you said, it's your choice. But you can't get mad if the consequences is that the NFL teams don't want to bring you back in. That's all I'm saying. Like, it wasn't a fact that – and like I said, like you said, he has a right to do whatever he wants to do. The, qu- the question is, is that if you wanted to actually play football and get back in the NFL, looking at you define what the NFL is presenting you, it's not going to be right for like, – teams are not going to look at that as, see, we don't need all this drama behind it. So why should I pick you? You know, if you would have came and did what you were supposed to do that Saturday, they probably would have been more open to it. That's where I'm coming from. The NFL teams now, like you said, is not going to look at this and say exactly, you know what, you know, they're going to look at it and say, I don't need all this drama right now. I don't. I don't need all this drama. We could deal for the end of this season. I don't need, we don't need to keep continue to look at this and being an ongoing issue down the road. That's how I see it. Well, what kind of drama did he bring? No, no, I'm saying the drama that comes with him signing with the NFL team because you know the fact that once some team sign him, that's all it's going to be to talk about. And let's be honest, he's not even a starter. He could be the backup quarterback, and that's where all the focus and all the media attention is going to be on, on a backup quarterback or an NFL team that could be competing or not competing for the playoffs. It wouldn't even be about the wins or losses. It'll be about how's Colin doing, um, how's his practice, how's practice, how's work ethic. Um, is he going to kneel? It's, it's going to be all that media behind it. And I think that's what's going to be the biggest issue. Agreed. I agree. I, I never disagreed with some of the points, but the only thing I say is, to my opinion, if the offer was genuine. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Then... Yeah. I mean, did he handle this? Did, did Colin Kaepernick, in my opinion, handle this all wrong? Yes. Could he have handled all this a different way? Yes. Could the NFL handle this completely different? Yes. yes. I mean, you could have called his representatives or you could have called him and be like, hey, look, we want to try to, you know, give you the opportunity, try to get back into the league. We want to think about scheduling a workout for you. We're going to try to get as many teams as we can. Let's work on a date to try to get you in. And then let's find a place suitable for everybody, a date, and then, then let's move it from there. And then you kind of work with the people, and then the offer and the process looks a lot more genuine and transparent. The problem I had, a problem a lot of people had, and I think a problem Cap, Cap's people had, is that it was almost, you know, at the point of a gun. Yeah. Take it or leave it. No, no, I I agree with it. I agree with it. Like to be honest, 
it didn't benefit both sides at this stage. That's the bottom line. Like, what's the benefit from this? Because let's be honest, the NFL wasn't genuine in doing this to begin with. And that's where we're coming from. The NFL wasn't genuine to, to do this to begin with, which in turn, Colin was like, you know what? If they're not genuine with this, how we want to do things, then why should we be genuine with them? So it negates both sides. The question is, is that it doesn't do nothing but now but have media fans talking about it. There's no real positive solution on the outcome of none of this. Right now, you I don't see any teams at this point going to sign Colin Kaepernick, bottom line. So even though you – I don't think that any teams was going to really sign Colin Kaepernick before all this began because it was really no reason for them to. Everybody was in their own little bubble until all this came about. So I think that at the end of the day, what was the real gain from all this? That's where I'm coming from. Like, both sides really – could have just went their separate ways and no one would be talking about this. Everybody would have moved on, focused more on the NFL where it should be focused on, on like the race of the MVP. Like majority of it is not even talking about four quarterbacks are in the running for MVP. Majority of them is African-American. No one is even talking about that. We're always talking about the negativity about what's going on with Colin Kaepernick and, you know, how come, if he's going to sign, whatever, all that. All the drama behind it, the media outlets with Eric Reed, Stephen A., all that, that negates everything at this point. The focus really should be on the positive that we have four quarterbacks who are in running for the MVP and they're putting up phenomenal numbers this season. I agree. And, you know, and as always said, whatever – what makes the what makes the circumstances of you wanting to even look at Colin Kaepernick different at week eleven that wasn't different at week one or different than you know training camp. Um, nobody was asking for him then. Nobody was asking for him three or four weeks ago. Nobody was not asking for him before they had that press conference for him and Jay Z. To me, I felt like it always felt like that stemmed back to that, and that was the NFL way of saying, "Let's finally put all this to rest." Let's finally get all this out the way. Let's just give him a workout. If he doesn't make it, then we can wash our hands with it and said, hey, we did our we did our due diligence. Let's move on. And I would not be surprised. And I think there is talks that the fact that Jay-Z was behind the talks of getting this, helping him on the NFL at least look at Colin Kaepernick. Um and if that is true, that would explain some things on the back end of where he's in position with the NFL. Um, but nevertheless, the whole point is, is that it's – the fact is, is that at the end of the day, this really didn't do anything but to just cause more of immediate attention to something that it really shouldn't be at this stage. Um, because now it's going to be at a stalemate. Now NFL teams is going to look and say, we're not really pressed to even give Colin a look at this stage. And it's already week 11. Like, to be honest, this could have been done at the beginning of the new, I mean, at the end of this season and start training camp, like you said, because there is no reason to do it mid-season for, unless it was for press. And that's really what it boiled down to. That would have been much better. That would have been more appropriate. And if things didn't go awry, then you wouldn't have had so much focus on it because there would have been so much focus on other things. But you you specifically asked, made, or whatever your impetus was of getting all those 29 teams there, you made it a point to put that front and center. And it everybody looks bad, not just Cap, but the NFL. Everybody in this process 
looks bad. I agree. So, who knows? But to move on to some more NFL football, there was actually some football this week going on, not just a workout. <laughs> there were some good games. Lamar Jackson it seems to be definitely um, patting his resume um, for a candidate for, um, for league MVP. Um, Christian McCaffrey is still putting up um, Tech Mobile esque numbers. And nice reference. Was, nice yes. reference there. <laughs> And uh, and there was a fight actually at the end of the um, Steelers and um, uh, the Steelers at uh, um, Browns game. Um, at the end of the game, with not even a minute left in the game, four seconds. Four seconds. Wow. I was about to say um, twenty seconds. Well, four <laughs> seconds left in the game. The Steelers opted to do a screen pass. What damn reason? I don't know. Anyway, there was a little tussle in the melee. Miles Garrett. Takes down, um, uh, takes down Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph took exception, a little tussling, and then all of a sudden, off goes Mason Rudolph's head. I'm paraphrasing completely. Mason Rudolph charges him, and then Miles Garrett, for reasons unspeakable to any of us, he took his helmet, bing, bonk, right on top of the head. <laughs> so, guys, uh, we know that he's been suspended indefinitely, probably going into the beginning of next season. For so many games, um, fines across the board. The only person who happens to not got a fine or suspended is the one person that actually apologized for his actions today. Hopefully, maybe trying to bar suspension. That was Mason Rudolph. So, guys, do you think I'm not even going to talk about the game? But do you think that Mason Rudolph should be should have been suspended for his role in all of this? Yes. <laughs> I mean, but the video clearly shows that he was trying to take off Miles Garrett's helmet and he was unsuccessful. And then Miles Garrett, being the bigger, stronger dude than him, ripped his helmet off. Then, as Miles Garrett is getting pushed away and seems to be kind of calming down, then you got Mason Rudolph coming at him, charging him. I'm not sure if he's trying to come at him and charge him to try to get his helmet back. But there is a video and a screenshot of him looking like he's punching him in the nuts. Now, if you're getting punched in the nuts, what the hell are you going to do? <laughs> you're going to try to retaliate. <laughs> so, being that he had a helmet in his hand, he just swung at his ass. I don't think Miles Garrett would have done that if he had the helmet. Well, you know what? He might have still swung. I don't think he would have swung with a helmet. And... Of course, you know, it just looks egregious just because Miles Garrett had the helmet and he didn't have anything to defend himself and he got hit. Luckily, with the actual side of the helmet where your head goes into the damn helmet and not the actual crown of the helmet. Because if a he glancing, uh, And a glancing blow at that, not even a full hard contact. Right, exactly. Because if he'd have caught him with a direct blow, you know, he might be dead, maybe. <laughs> Would have that might have been a concussion he got within the last couple of weeks. Exactly. So, if Miles Rudolph is coming out now apologizing for his actions, he knows that he's guilty for starting that damn brawl. The bigger question will be, what would the NFL do to sit there and reprimand him? Will they also sit there and say, you're suspended indefinitely for his actions? I mean, granted, yes, he did not take off the helmet. Granted, yes, he did not swing a helmet. But 
if he didn't go and do all the things that he did to kind of uh, antagonize Miles Garrett, do you think Miles Garrett would have went ahead and swung the helmet if he didn't try to charge at him and then hit him in the nuts after the fact to try to get his helmet? You tell me. Because it looked like Miles Garrett was actually trying to calm down <laughs> with some of the uh, Browns players. I'm sorry, some of the Steelers players was trying to push him away. And it was only until he tried to go in there and do what he did, and I don't know if he was reaching for the helmet or trying to just hit him again, is what prompted him to then swing the helmet. He was trying to hit him again. So why wouldn't he not be suspended indefinitely? Because it's his own actions that brought upon Miles Garrett from doing what he did. Uh, is it my go? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, All right. I um, again, my time. <laughs> All right. Listen, 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 listen. Number, to answer your question, yes. Um, Mason Rudolph should at least been fined or suspended. Um, for instigating all of this. Let's just get that clearly out the way. Um, the fact that he got over and there's no punishment to me, I find is, is, it's offensive in itself. And the NFL should definitely look into something like that. The protection of always the quarterback is just so glaring right now. It's not even funny. Um, for him to start all this and not get no sanction whatsoever is so baffling. Um, but it's, it's the NFL. Um, that's how I see it right now. Um, they really need to work on who they levy as given the fines and punishments. Whoever is doing that and felt that Mason Rudolph wasn't even a part of this or felt bad for Mason Rudolph shouldn't even be in the fine and punishment business of the NFL. Like, there's no reason why a person that starts the fight does not get punished for this, bottom line. With that being said, I believe that Garrett definitely deserved a suspension no more than 10 games. Um, because at the end, yes, at the end of the day, even if he, Mason Rudolph did what he was supposed to, I mean, did what he did to start the fight, you should have that. So I can't honestly say that I cannot give out the fact that what you tried to do with him with the helmet to helmet, I mean, hitting the helmet over the head, that's going to cause injury. And the fact of the matter is, is that that's part of the NFL rules, something that they, he should already know. And now I get the fact that he was upset, get the fact that Mason Rudolph started it. But you got to be have self-control, knowing that this was going to be a, a, a definite suspension down the road. You're making, like, how his actions were basically made it one of the biggest things to talk about. And like I said, I thought that he should have been suspended for the rest of the season, but in the, I could get that people are, can get out of, like, so, they lose self-control. I get it. I get it. They lose control sometimes. In the heat of the moment, <laughs> I get all that. So I, I, I understand. But at the end of the day, he has to held, be held accountable for his actions no matter what. And so, if, so, so somebody on a football field was swinging and punching you in the nuts. Mm -hmm. Just to sit there and take it? No, I'm not saying that. I would say that I would, I mean, my initial reaction would be to lose control. But my thing is that you have to own, I mean, but you have to also be held accountable for what you do. So if I go and start beating them down, punching them wherever, hitting them with the helmet and stuff like that, I got to be saying, you know what? And that's what Gary did. He said, you know what? I take ownership of what I did. I shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have lost control. Even though that the other person started it, 
I'm going to finish it, yes, without question. And I deserve whatever punishment I should get after I finish it. I'm going to make sure that you don't get back up or make sure what, because that's how people are. They, when they're in their emotions, they're going to do whatever is necessary. I get it. But at the end of the day, NFL themes as though that you can't do that, so you're going to be fine and suspended. What else can you do? That's how I see it. Like, I get it that Mason Rudolph was the instigator, and that's why I said I think it's, it's crazy the fact that he's not even suspended himself. I think that if he was suspended, then I think everything would be, you know, I get it because he should be suspended. Gary only protected himself and was angry in the heat of the moment, so that's why he got suspended the amount of games he got suspended. I get it. it, it that's, uh, that's the only thing. I think mad people would be more okay with it if Mason Rudolph got suspended. They'd be like, okay, at least he got suspended for starting it. I think more people would be more okay with the fact of the Garrett suspension if Rudolph got suspended too. Yeah, this reminds me of the old thing we see all the time in football and basketball. It's never the person that starts it. It's always the person that throws the punch afterwards that catches the flag and gets tossed down. And to me, this is essentially what happened. If Mason Rudolph was going to get fined, well, let me phrase it. If Mason Rudolph was going to get suspended, I think it would have happened already. You already had two Correct. dealers that got fined one game immediately after it happened. Correct. If he would have, Now, will he get fined? I don't know. If he would have got fined, I think it would have happened already. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It, it would have happened already, I think. Um, the fact that nothing has happened – um, well, I think the fact that he even made that statement, I think he's trying to make sure that nothing does come to him. Maybe he's catching a whiff that he might catch a fine, but I don't think he's going to get suspended. He should at least one game for it all, but he didn't. Now, Miles Garrett, yeah, I, I'm with you, Al. I mean, it would have been all well and good, even when he rushed at him after Miles Garrett had his helmet, it would have been fine. Even if Miles Garrett just said, you know what, fine, and just threw his helmet. <laughs> he would have got fined. Maybe he would have got suspended. He should have just threw his helmet somewhere far down the um, some somewhere far down the field and be like, "Go get it." But when he swung it, all bets were off at that point. Um, there's and that suspension was a suspension to come down harshly on them because they don't want that ever happening again, and they want to make sure people get it in their minds that don't even think about doing that. Now, I'm sure, Ace, when you were playing football, you've seen a lot of fights, a lot of helmets and stuff going on, probably some things that might have been far worse than what we saw there, even though everybody's saying, well, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my – no, it's not, all right? Stop being prisoners in the moment. But – Have people have not heard of Albert Hainsworth? I mean, like <laughs> – like, seriously. Yeah, it's, it's 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 been a lot of bad stuff. This is not the worst. I actually felt it kind of funny when I first when I first saw it on replay, and I just laughed. But then I saw you got suspended. I'm like, wow. In hindsight, I'm with you guys. I don't think he's going to get suspended. Miles um, Garrett will probably get suspended. Maybe he'll be suspended. Maybe a game or two starting next season just to stick the point home. But he'll be playing before before week three or four of next season. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I mean, oh, go ahead, Ace. Well, I'm just going to say, well, personally, you know, <sighs> I agree with both of you. Sometimes you have to be the bigger person, you know, to have the cooler head to prevail. And But when you look at it from a standpoint, okay, if you want to look at it from the under, the ten, under the 10 seconds left in the game, Steelers were to scream 
to try to get some yards. Miles Garrett is like, oh, shit, okay, you running the play. Okay, well, I'm going to take a hit on the quarterback. It wasn't like he took a solid ram the joker down into the ground type of thing. He kind of grabbed him and corralled him to the ground where it's like a, a twist or something like that. And Mason Rudolph uh, gets offended by that. And then he proceeds, and then we kind of know where it goes from there. Um, bottom line is, I'm sick and tired of the NFL treating the quarterback like there's some sort of uh, a princess and having some sort of encased in some sort of pressure crystal where if they get hit too hard, the crystal's going to break and then they're just going to kind of fold. I understand that offenses, you know, offenses drives uh, numbers and the NFLs want to see high numbers and offense and not so much defense, but in the same sense, I don't care if the Joker is 6'7", 290, and the other Joker is 6'3", 220. If you're going to sit there and be an aggressor, you're going you're to have to face the consequences that come with being the aggressor. And the NFL needs to understand that. Like, as a man, no man's going to sit there and let another man assault them, regardless if it's with a helmet or a fist. Assault them and violate them and punch them in places where they should be punched. And then you expect the man just to sit there and say, okay, I'm just going to let the man punch me. So, unfortunately, for Miles Garrett, with him having the helmet in his hand, and that's the only hand he had available, because, you know, Pouncey and the other cat from from the Steelers kind of had him wrapped up, and that's the only hand he had. You know, it was just a, a reaction to what was going on. And, again, I agree. And I applaud Miles Garrett for being, you know, for saying what he said, that he'll be responsible and take action for the consequences from which he did. But I also agree, whereas the NFL is making it seem like the QB can never be an instigator in any sort of situation. And that's where it's got to stop. So I hope it's more than a fine. I actually hope that they suspend his ass because he deserves to be suspended. Because the video clearly shows that he was trying to rip his helmet off. But unfortunately, he couldn't do it. <laughs> but then you have a bigger, stronger dude who was able to do it, and now it's a problem. And I think that's where the double standard needs to stop. No, but the thing about it is that it's not the problem that he ripped the helmet off. It's the problem that he landed the helmet on his head. That's, oh, I, I, I mean, that I think that if he did done anything else outside of that, I don't think we would be even talking suspension at this stage because like you said, it's, I think that that would have been like, if he didn't do, I think the suspension was just basically off of that incident, that part alone. I think that if he was pushing and he would have punched him with the helmet on or whatever the case may be, I don't think we would be really having this discussion about the suspension. I think let's, let's get this. I think we're all in agreement that Mason Rudolph should be suspended. I think we all could say that. But I think that from the suspension part of Garrett's side, I think it was just the fact that once he landed the blow with the helmet, because when you saw the reaction, everybody was talking about, oh, this is assault, or this is such and such, or, you know what I'm saying, he should be locked up. Like, 
I think when they saw that, I think that's where the suspect, the heavy suspension came into play. Now, granted, like you said, in the NFL or in football in general, yeah, you're going to have, you know, people, you know, getting in your face, doing whatever, whatever case may be, but you'll never see them get suspended for it. But when something like that happens where people are saying, oh, my gosh, this happened, you know, he hit him right on the head. That should be he should be arrested. That's where the NFL was like, oh, we got to lock this down. And, you know, but I completely agree with you. Mason Rudolph should have been suspended for the instigate for instigating this whole thing without question. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, football is inherently a violent sport, not Mm -hmm. to say that kind of violence, but it's inherently a violent sport. I agree with you. It's too much coddling of the, um, of, of the QBs. There's too much overreaction and, you know, um, knee-jerk reaction things that um, people see um, to the quarterback. Everybody and their brother can get they can get their knuckles rocked in a football game, even a goddamn kicker. But the quarterback, he gets grazed, and you want to and you want to throw a flag. So um, I've always said that you cannot allow um, Main Street to dictate what football is because. Football was there way before Main Street even got involved. It's been a violent sport, always been a violent sport. People are going to do stuff, do stuff. But as I've always said, if you're going to run at somebody with a damn bat in their hand, don't be surprised if somebody hits you upside the head with said bat. So, um, Mason Rudolph, he took your helmet. People were trying to restrain him. You got pissed off, bad because you was having a bad game. You ran up on the man. What the hell do you expect was going to happen? Him to hug you? To politely give you your helmet back? No. So whatever happened after that, what Miles Garrett did was wrong. But look, don't run up on nobody like that, especially in football. And you know he's on the field. You run up on someone popping off some mess like you're about to swing, something about to go and happen to you. So whatever happens after the interim, don't be mad about it because you brought it on yourself. Boom. That's it. <laughs> That's it. So we could talk all day about that, but I want to switch over to one last. Um, oh, I have to give a quick um, shout-outs to Ace, your San Francisco 49ers. Still not a believer. Not yet. 9-1. Arizona game made me, made me worry, even though you guys came back, but it made me worry. Um, and the New England Patriots being 9-1. I think that Nine and one for the Patriots is smoking mirrors. I'm a little bit more of a believer in the 49ers, but you struggled against the Cardinals team, which is okay, but not that great. And you guys fell down quick. Um, Jimmy G, you got to clean some of that stuff up. Still not a believer. I'm just going <laughs> to I'm leaving it that <laughs> because if you're a superior team, you beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Bottom line. Regardless of the sport, if you're a better team, you beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And then, of course, those who are on equal playing field, 50 50 shot. Arizona is a young team with an old wide receiver <laughs> and Larry Fitzgerald, <laughs> and he's still putting in work. <laughs> and you're supposed to be able to dismantle that and go on about your business. Um, I said it before and I said it again. I would not be surprised if the 49ers finished 11-5 and because 
I just don't see them finishing up the season and being that squad everybody wants to be. I think they made the playoffs, but I still believe, and I'll be humbly willing to eat crow if the 49ers finish first place in NFC West. I think Seattle's going to finish first and the 49ers are going to take the wild card. Is this, like, is this some type of reverse psychology or reverse kiss of death that I, we need to know about? Because this is the first time I've seen a fan say, you know what, we're not going to be as good as we are. We're not going to be first in our Because I just don't believe it. I mean, that's just real talk. I just don't believe that the 49ers are who they say they are. I'm not saying they're not good. I'm not saying they can't win. I'm just saying that the first 10 games of their season doesn't resemble what I believe a winning 49ers team would be. I think they got lucky. I think I think when they beat Seattle the first time, they got lucky. Obviously, Seattle. No, Seattle. They, they lost to Seattle. Oh, so only played them one time. Okay, my bad. So, yes, Seattle put that ass on, you know, they smacked them. Not by much, but, you know, they pretty much handle business. And I think Seattle's going to turn around and beat them again. So that's two of the five losses. I still think they're going to lose three more. Because I'm just, I'm not sold. And if they do make the playoffs, I think they may win the first round. Well, put it like this. I don't think they're going to get a bye. Mm. And if they, if they win the first round, they win. But they're not going to make it out the second round. Well, wow, you sound about as skeptical as the <laughs> I am the giant. I am. Wow. Well, we, before we segue into another one, I will say that um, Adrian does speak a little bit of truth. The beginning of the schedule is a little bit light. Um, these next three weeks is really going to dictate how you guys are. You have the Packers, you have the Ravens, and you have the Saints. Mm-hmm. And I'd be personally, I, I I would be I would be ecstatic if they win one of those three games. Wow! They, they damn sure ain't gonna beat the they, they ain't gonna beat the Ravens. Unfortunately, nobody. Wow. <laughs> the only reason the Ravens lose is because Lamar Jackson is just not accurate. If 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 Lamar Jackson is accurate and he's playing his best game, and Baltimore is playing some lights out defense right now. I don't see anybody beating Baltimore right now. Ah, uh, um, and I tell you, I'm not a believer in Baltimore. Me neither. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> they are. They remind me of a good, a good regular season team. But when they get into the playoffs, for the goddamn somebody has a scheme, it's going to happen. Mark my words. I agree. What is this? I Mark agree. my words. This is November twentieth, two thousand nineteen. The Ravens will lose in the playoffs. They are not making a Super Bowl. I agree. I, I completely agree. Uh, they're good, it, but they're set up for fail. And I'm telling you right now, I'll even make it a step further. If the Ravens play Patriots again, it's not going to be the same outcome. I I agree with that. I don't think they get – I don't believe they do what they did against uh, Bill Belichick coach team a second time. If they do beat them – it's going to be damn close. Yes, without question. Well, well, how do you prepare for Lamar Jackson? You can't prepare for the run. You can't prepare what he does. Listen, 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 listen. I am not going to bet against Bill Belichick again 
at the rate that he does and the Patriots system that he has. Every time that even the one team that beat him the first time, they can't beat him twice. He trust me, Bill Belichick will if he if Bill if the Patriots play the Ravens again, he will have that mark nonstop studying the game feel and come up with something that will slow the Ravens down. Not saying that, and, and although I do not like the Patriots at all, I don't discount the fact that they will be prepared for the Ravens if they play them again. No, you do. You do what they what teams have done to the um, when um, Michael Vick was on the Falcons. You stunt, rush people directly up the middle, force them outside of the pocket where you're in, where your rushes on the end are a little bit more athletic than you guys in the middle. Whatever you do, you say, Mar Jackson, if you throw for 400 yards and you beat us, live with that. But don't let him run. But do you agree that Lamar Jackson is the better passer than Michael Vick? Depending on your version, your definition of passer, Michael Vick stronger arm, uh, Lamar Jackson slightly more accurate, but not as strong as an arm. Okay, so I'd rather take accurate than strong arm. But then he's going to beat me passing, but don't let him run. So in other words, if they beat him passing, then what? You, then you live with it. You live with it. But then, how does the next team game plan? Because you don't know what to do. He just – so, in other words, I'm going to take the same analogy. If they go against the Patriots in the playoffs, mm-hmm. let's just say in the second round, and Bill Belichick is, is determined to stop the man from running, but then he's a 70, 70 or 72% passer and beats him based on the passing game, how is the next person going to sit there and, in the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl supposed to sit there and game plan and defend if he's hitting 72% of his passes those over 300 yards and three touchdowns. But then in the Super Bowl, he turns around and runs for a buck 20. He passes for 210 and two touchdowns, and they win. How do you defend that? Because it's not the, it's not the passing that kills teams. It's the running that kills teams. And exactly. if you're going to – and I, I, I'm not a believer that he can consistently beat teams by passing and staying in pocket. To be honest, I would challenge to see if he can do that and stay in the pocket instead of running. If he can, then all bets are off. Yeah. All bets are off. But as of right now, based on a body of work, I have not seen enough consistency. It's almost like Dak, you know, Dak Prescott. I hadn't seen enough consistency in Dak Prescott throwing the ball up until these last couple of games of the season to make me a believer that you will consistently beat me with your arm week in and week out, not with your legs. I'll take him throwing because I believe analytics and statistically that I have a better shot of beating the Ravens by him throwing the ball than him running and throwing the ball. And I think, and you know, personally being that I'm in the Baltimore era, I think that's what Harbaugh wants. I think Harbaugh wants defenses to sit there and test him as a passer. And he carves them up. And then he's just going to sit there and be like, I don't know what you want me to do, you know. And then they just go ahead. I'm not saying they're going to win a Super Bowl by no stretch of the imagination. He's still a young QB. They don't have the, the, the most dynamic offensive weapons to sit there and carry a team. But they are playing well offensively, and their defense is playing lights out right now. They have – Five take. They've scored five defensive touchdowns in the past three games. Somewhere to that, yeah. 
So I'm not saying that they're going to win the Super Bowl. I'm just saying their defense is definitely complementing their offense right now. Mm-hmm. It is. I agree. But like I said, I, I, I'm, I, until you prove and believe me that you can beat teams week in and week out throwing, not running and throwing, I'm going to not let you run. And to be honest, you can – the best way you can do all that is to control the football game. Just don't let him come out as many opportunities. Give him the opportunities to show what he can do. If you limit the offense as much as you can, whether it's by running the ball, if you keep the time of possession on your side, you have a good chance. And if your defense is – I mean, if your defense is good enough to cover him and stop the run, I think you have a good chance of beating him. And I think teams are really plotting that. I'm, I'm – I'm, I'm, Teams are really plotting for that. I really do. They may not have the talent or the, the roster to do it, but I think that that's going to be the game plan if they face the Ravens going forward. Patriots did it to the did it to um the Chiefs. Even those little questionable calls at the end, but yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I, they're playing phenomenal. I agree with you. Ace. They're they're doing their thing. I still think that they don't make it to the Super Bowl. I think they might get as far as, depending on where they fall, I think they'll probably get as far as the AFC Championship game. I'll give them that, but I I'm, I don't believe they'll make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I'm not giving this 49ers even that. <laughs> 49ers got some issues. I They'll probably get got by the Seahawks. Oh, I, yeah. I, that's why I think they're not going to win the, the NFC West because I think they're going to lose to them again and they're going to lose a couple more games and ultimately get in the wild card. But it's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. Yeah, the division is tight. Like I said, those uh, the next three weeks um, for the 49ers are going to prove whether they're pretenders or they're actually contenders. That is true. So... All right, folks. But before we um, before we um, wrap up, we want to do um, talk about the issue that's going on in Memphis. Um, definitely with the player, and let me make sure I get his pronunciation right. James Wiseman. He's been suspended for 12 games by the NCAA. Will be eligible to play on January 12th, um, and that be against South Florida. Um, all stemming from a 2017 payment by then alumni um, Penny Hardaway who gave him a little over 11 grand for moving expenses from Nashville to Memphis. And at that time, Penny Hardaway was not a Memphis coach. He was considered an alumni and a booster because he gave the $1 million um, to the school um, back, I think, in 2007 or 2008 to build, I think, a Hall of Fame, Sports Hall of Fame. Um, he was his um, AAU coach. Um, and at the time... He helped him move to, um, to Memphis, and when he became coach in 2018, um, James Wiseman then decided to not go with Kentucky, but to go with Memphis um, at the time. Now, mind you, at the time, when he got the money in 2017, Penny Hardaway was considered a booster, but he wasn't a coach. And so now the NCAA is coming back and saying, well, you got this money, whatever money that you got from them, donated to some, a donation of your choice. Um, so in my opinion, do you guys believe that the NCAA, what they're doing with James Wiseman is warranted and, um, or do you think these are just stretching it with the rules as far as NCAA violation? I defer to you, Al. 
somebody pointed out an interesting question. Um, basically, how are you going to have a player donate the winnings when you don't even pay the college player to, to even play? So where is he going to get the money from, especially if, he, if they spent the money? Look, bottom line is, is that there's a gray line um, in certain things. Um, I, to be honest with you, this whole thing is just, I don't understand. I, I guess I understand the NCAA reasoning behind it, but is it really worth it at this stage? I mean, like, unless there's validation and proof, you can't penalize a dude for something that basically wasn't under the NCAA rules and regulations at this stage. Um, all this is going to do is, is I think it's going to get a lot uglier when it comes to dealing with players in the NCAA. Um, it seems like the NCAA is trying to money grab as much as possible and enforce whatever rules and regulations that they have, not just in making James Wiseman as an example. So I'm very interested to see if Wiseman and his, his family is going to do exactly what the NCAA wants them to do or if they're really going to just – I'm really curious to see if they're going to follow the rules and regulations. I mean, Wiseman is, of course, one of the top draft picks in the upcoming draft. So it's going to be very interesting to see how he's going to handle it. I'm very curious to see how he's going to handle it, as a matter of fact, because what he does is going to entail control what other players are going to do in regards to things like of this nature. Um, it's interesting the fact that Penny Hardaway is not penalized for something like this, um, being as though that it wasn't really Wiseman's fault. It was – he was just following what Penny Hardaway was telling him to do as an AAU coach and now the head coach. So the fact that he's not even involved in this investigation to me is somewhat um, puzzling. Um, but all in all, it's just the NCAA doing what they normally do. And they play bully ball sometimes. So we'll see how the Wiseman camp handles it. I'm guessing this whole pickback 11-5 for, towards the charity is once he goes pro and he can afford that. That's my assumption. I could be totally wrong. Um, personally, I just think if Wiseman was uh, under NCAA under NCAA uh, sanctions or review, he should have just sat out and just let them just do what they need to do and just deal with the consequences versus sitting there trying to appeal it and he played three games, and now I got to sit out an additional 11 after he set out the one he just, uh, they just recently played. So I think personally, I'm not saying what him and Penny and Memphis did was wrong as far, you know, as far as trying to file the injunction to kind of stop the whole proceedings for him not to play. But sometimes it's just better to just let it play out. Maybe you don't have to pay this fine to a charity. You know, you just eat the cost, whatever. And just keep it moving. But you live and you learn. You know, Penny has to understand now that he's no longer AAU, that he can't sit there and give out money where he thought it was he was just doing a good thing because he was just trying to help the parents get to where, the ch you know, the boy could be closer and the parents could be closer. <clears throat> now you just got to understand the consequences of everything that's going on. But Penny, but Penny didn't get penalized for this, right? 
No, but Penny is the one that gave him, the parents, the money for them to move so he could be closer to the school. No, no, but that's my point. Like, the, the whole thing is that I, I just felt as though the fact that Penny didn't even get some type of discipline action for it is, is you know, is so the, I get it because he wasn't the coach at the time. So now they feel like they're going after the player itself. That's That's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, <laughs> bottom line is anytime NCAA goes after somebody, unless it's something that actually happened within the college realm, the coach is never going to be involved. So it's always going to be about the player. So, unfortunately, it just so happens that Penny is the one who gave up the money so the parents can move. It's unfortunate, but that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles. So I wonder would it be in a fraction of NCAA if Penny gave him the money to – did they give back to and pay the donation since he already gave him the 11 grand earlier? Would that be an NCAA infraction? Just curious about that. I mean, I wish I could sit there and answer that question. <laughs> they don't even know how to answer that question because they'll tell you one thing today and they turn around and tell you something different tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Which is, and I'm with you, Al, I get the, optic, the optics of this looks a little fishy because it would appear that he gave him it would appear it was tip for tap since you gave me money to move out to memphis even though you weren't coach once you became coach in memphis and i had a choice i felt obligated to go to you because you gave me that money that's why in my opinion what it all looks like it boils down to it because penny was just a high school coach at the time that gave him the money he wasn't on the coaching staff of memphis he was considered a booster but he wasn't coaching or anything. And we've noticed been a lot of boosters over the years that gave him money to a lot of other players, a lot of other college programs, and ain't shit happened. So, in other words, I, I'm with you, Ace. He should just probably just got it over with, but I guess he wanted to – he had to, you know, make the good faith effort to say he did nothing wrong. But you know what? You take your 11 games, you come back January, and you have a tear between now – and um, March Madness, all to be forgiven. You'll probably go top, what, top five if you're really, really good, as they're mm-hmm. projecting him to be. Sit out your games, keep it up, come back, go on a tear. It's all be for- forgiven. But the NCAA can sit there and pick and choose that bullshit. But when it comes to allowing college students to profit off their likeness, they're having – they got their panties in a bunch. So – Give me an F and break, NCAA. You got a lot more issues and to worry about something that happened in 2017, which may not have been the case, but you, it looks bad, but the shit that you do that is bad, you do nothing about. It's like the pot calling the kettle black. Thank you. <laughs> UNC. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, did they even get that joint straightened that down there? Hell no. That shit is still <laughs> I tell you. But anywho, guys, we're um we're at our time. So um as much as we would love to chit chat longer, um we definitely have to um give our time back. So um <laughs> let everybody know where they can find you at. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at catdaddy one nine six three on Twitter. That's catdaddy one nine six three on Twitter. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, I am our quals. Twitter, Instagram, I am our quals. And again, all comments are welcome no matter which you talk about. <laughs> Just not black Twitter, because you don't want to get tore up. 
No, no, to be honest, I can handle black Twitter. That's not a big. I, I don't take it personal. I don't take it personal. You can find me in the gram, Snapchat, and Twitter at J.E. Ross, the number seven. And as always, everybody, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple iTunes. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on all your streaming services and platforms. No, we're not on Disney Plus, but damn hell with it. We can be right there with the mouse if you wanted to. Hey, we're going to get there. <laughs> so, as always, we appreciate everybody for tuning in, listening to us. Um, hit the likes and the subscribes. Um, let us know if you ever have anything you want us to talk about. We can even talk about Adrian Terrellon if you want us to talk about that too. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's way back there. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get a haircut. There's more hair on the side of my head than right here. That's crazy. I don't know. I'm thinking about this shaving this right here and just, just making this a look. Uh, no, no, <laughs> cut it off. Hey, man, look, Go I'm, ball. I'm a trendsetter. I'm a trendsetter. <laughs> But that has a little ring around with the seven or eight strands that you keep gel. No. That's that that's that Homer, that's that Homer Simpson um look. Yeah. <laughs> it's called the Uncle Phil look. That's what oh, the Uncle Phil. There you go. There you go. That is the Uncle Phil look to the to the, to the Rest in peace, man. <laughs> anyway, um, as always, y'all, love, peace, and soul. Till next time. High five. <laughs>